Welcome back to Unbashful. I'm your host, Nicholas Doucette, and this is episode one. Um, if you watched the last episode, we talked, it was, it was an introduction. We talked about what you can expect from the podcast, um, my goals for the podcast, uh, my personal goals outside of it. Uh, I got a little bit personal and I just kind of discussed the, uh, the events in my life that have taken place uh, prior to this that have led me to, uh, to where I currently am, am right now. Um, so for today's episode, this is officially the first episode of the podcast, and we're going to be talking all movies. We're going to be talking about uh, strictly 2021 movies, the, uh, this year's film slate. I'm going to talk about, I got the topics here for, uh, for you guys, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. So the first topic here is I'm just going to talk about the films that I've seen that have released this year in 2021. Uh, and I got a list of them here. So let's start off with The Suicide Squad. Um, the Suicide Squad. This movie was just was just insane. Um, I Prior to going to see it, I was really excited. Uh, just because obviously uh, there's, the movie's had a lot of buzz. I've heard nothing but great things. It's got like a 90, like 92% or something like that on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so that was very, uh, very nice to see. Now I'm not the kind of person that will only go see a movie if like it's got the ratings to, to, to give it like to, to back it up. Right. I, like if a movie is like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not always just going to be like, Oh, well then it's, it's clearly not that good. It's not being received very well by the audience. So why should I go sp- spend my time to see it? That's not me. I always kind of like to approach a new movie with an open mind. But in this case, when you want to go see a movie and it has a score like the Suicide Squad, that's like, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, don't quote me here. I, I could be wrong. I think it's like high 80s, low 90s or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, just getting back to Suicide Squad, it was it was fantastic. And once I heard that James Gunn was uh, was directing it, I that also just in, intrigued me because I'm a huge Marvel fan. I've seen all, I think it's 24 projects at this point, or 25 if you include the Disney Plus shows. I've seen everything. I've seen everything. I'm a huge fan. So his work with the Guardians of the Galaxy, as I'm sure a lot of people know, outstanding. So uh, that, was, that was enough to just pull me in once I heard he was directing. However, with the previous Suicide Squad, a lot of people hated that movie, and I feel like they kind of gave it unfair. Uh, a lot of people just kind of gave it. We were sorry, people were a little unfair uh, to the movie, um, and I think it's not really David Ayer's fault. David Ayer's the director of the first one. I think a lot of it had to do with studio backlash with Warner Brothers. Obviously, I got no sources or anything to to back that up, but that's just my opinion because uh, I was really disappointed though with how little. Jared Leto's Joker was in the movie. And I know this is probably going to be an unpopular take, but I personally was a fan of Jared Leto's Joker. I think he fit the vision of what that current DC universe was going to be. I think a lot of people wanted to see another uh, Heath Ledger. And while Heath Ledger was great, and he is personally my favorite Joker, I don't think that kind of Joker would have fit this DCE universe with Ben Affleck's Batman, with Gal Gadot's uh, uh, Wonder Woman. I just don't think that would have worked. So I think Jared Leto's Joker, 
I think, fit for that universe. But nonetheless, I'm sure they got something. If they're not bringing him back, I'm sure that means they probably got something better in store. But the Suicide Squad, the new one here, I thought it was great. I did think it was better than the original. Um, I, I thought the best part of the film was the first and second act. I'm not going to get into any spoilers because it's still pretty recent. Uh, I actually just saw it a couple weeks ago. Um, but it is a great movie. The antagonist in the movie, if you're a comic book junkie, he is a deep cut from the comics. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. Um, and now this isn't a spoiler. If anybody's been keeping up with the, with the cast of the Suicide Squad, John Cena's character, Peacemaker, he is getting his own HBO show. So, you know, um, I'd stick around for the end credit scene. There is a little bit of a, of, of a tease for not just that, for also what's to come with DC. Uh, but... It's a, it's a great film. Um, I love the characters. I'm not really familiar with a lot of the characters. Like I I don't know who Polka Dot Man is. Um, I I never really read those kind of comics as a kid. But I, I love John Cena's uh, uh, take on on Peacemaker. I love Idris Elba as uh, Bloodsport. I think his name. Yeah, Bloodsport. Essentially just Deadshot. Um, in, in my opinion, I didn't really see much of a difference. Obviously, like they do have some differences. But at the end of the day, their main like skill is they're very well with they, they they do very well with firearms that's sort of like what their what their niches so to speak so suicide squad was great i'd probably give it if i had to give it a ranking out of 10 or here well we'll do th out of like five stars i'd probably give it a four out of five stars personally i loved it i thought it was great and i'm probably going to go see it again um, so that's it for Suicide Squad. Now the next film on my list here is A Quiet Place 2. Uh, now this movie was plagued by the pandemic. As pretty much every film I'm going to talk about on this list was. But this movie, it was just fucked over. Really, really bad. I think it was supposed to come out in either early 2020, like March 2020. Or yeah, yeah no, I know. I think it was, it was early 2020 and it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And so on. Uh, and I was really excited because I'm a huge fan of, uh, of um, the first Quiet Place. I love what John Krasinski did. And once I heard that he was obviously going to be directing uh, the second one with his wife uh, as the lead, um, Emily Blunt, I was completely on board, as I'm sure a lot of people were, uh, who loved the first film. And I thought it was great. My only complaint with it is I felt the movie ended a little abruptly. I felt like they're definitely could have been a little more uh that like a little more runtime now i understand like you could counter this and say like well i think the you know the movie probably ended on a on a nice high note you know what i mean like it leaves a lot of interpretation to the audience and like i said no spoilers here don't worry and if i am going to talk about spoilers which i might with some of these other films i'm going to give you a warning i'm not just going to jump into it and uh and spoil the whole fucking movie um, but with a quiet place too, I thought it was, I, th I thought it was really good. Looking back in retrospect, I might need a second viewing, but I don't know. I don't think it was better than the first one. However, I still think it was great. I still think it was a great movie out of four, five stars. Probably give it. Mm, wasn't a fan of the ending. Um, I'd probably go Three point three and a half out of five stars. I'd I'd probably say three and a half out of five stars. Now that opinion could change. I feel like a, a second viewing is so important when you're watching a film. 
Like there's movies that I fucking hated. Not hated, sorry. That's a little uh, that's a little harsh. There's movies that I really didn't like on the first viewing. Um and then once I watched it again, it was like I I loved it. And a lot of that has to do with how you see the film. I truly believe if you want to maximize your experience watching a film, I feel like the the best way to, to see it is 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 in the theater. Like like for example, if you watch Suicide Squad on HBO Max, if you're out there in the states cuz in Canada we don't fucking have it. You got to do like Crave plus movie plus H it's it's crazy how that works. Um but if you're in the states and uh any I guess even in Canada here, um and you watch you watch Suicide Squad your first viewing from home, you st- you probably still would have enjoyed it cuz overall it's a great film, but I feel like your experience would have just cranked up times 10 had you seen it in the theaters with the surround sound, the giant ass fucking screen. I, it just would have made it so much better. So, um, and I feel like going back to a quiet place too, that's a film I feel like you need to see, uh, on the big screen. Um, as with all these films, to be quite honest with you that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, so it was great. Wasn't a fan of the ending. Uh, but overall I thought the pacing was great. And overall I thought, uh, it was a great sequel. So that's it for A Quiet Place 2. Now let's move on to a movie that I ju- I've seen twice already. Uh, I, the first screening, I didn't really know how I felt about it. But the second time I saw it, as I just explained, uh, I have a little bit of a change of heart. And I like the, the film a little bit better. And that is The Green Knight. Uh, the Green Knight, it, I was really excited. Um, sorry, one second here. Something right there. Um... Now, The Green Knight is a film that's produced by A24. And if you're not familiar with uh, A24, they're a production company and they've produced a lot of hit movies right now. Uh, just to throw out a couple examples here um, Hereditary, which I loved, uh, it was my favorite horror film of uh, 2019. Uh, Hereditary, Midsummer, another great movie. Super fucking wild. Both of those movies are fucking crazy. Hereditary. Midsummer, uh, Saint Maud, another horror movie, um, many and, and many others as well. But those are kind of like my personal favorites out of out of those. Um, they got Hot Summer Nights, Timothy Chalamet. So a lot of good films that they've made. Uh, and The Green Knight was the next uh, movie up in their in their catalog. And once again, kind of like uh, Quiet Place Two, this film was announced way back in early 2020. Uh, and from the moment I saw the trailer and um, uh, the main character Arthur, his head is is like on fire or uh, whatever. I was on board. I, I'm a huge fan of just like mind fuck psychological thriller movies. So this was right up my personal uh, alley. Um, so I was really excited to see it, and when I saw it, I did enjoy it. The first uh, viewing, excuse me, I did enjoy it a lot. I felt the movie had a little bit of pacing issues, specifically, I'd say. I'd say in the second act, now this isn't really a spoiler, but in the second act, it's sort of just documenting his, his journey. Um, and I feel like that's sort of the bulk of the movie is, is his journey to the green Knight. Now I'm going to, I'm not obviously going to spoil what happens when he meets the green Knight and so on, but that's sort of the bulk of the movie. And don't get me wrong. There are some very entertaining parts of that film because most of what happens happens in, in in the second act, but in between when he gets to these certain points in the film where these sort of things happen that I'm not going to get into detail about in between those points when he's just traveling, in my opinion, it kind of drags a little bit. 
but that that's just once again this is all subjective everything i'm talking about here is is completely my, my opinion you're free to disagree um i'm sure some of you will and i'm sure some of you will agree with me but that's just my opinion on the green knight however uh i the ending was kind of questionable for me now the ending this is this is hard to talk about uh, without giving spoilers but i'll just say this the film has an overall message right and people that have seen it will understand what I mean, especially by the ending. The ending kind of, the way the movie ends, you sort of understand there's a message behind the main character's uh, fate, right? Um, and I understood that, but still I felt the ending was kind of underwhelming to me personally. But then I saw it a second time, and I, I will say I enjoyed the ending a little bit better because I kind of understood from the start what the overall message and the idea of uh, of what the film was trying of the Green Knight what what, what it was trying to uh, portray. Um, so I did enjoy it the second time. Out of five stars, I'd probably go three three out of five stars. I'd, I'd probably go. I feel like the star system is not really the best way to grade a film. Um, Hmm. You know what? We'll we'll go the Rotten Tomatoes route. We'll go percentages here. So 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 let me backtrack here. Um. So Suicide Squad, I'd give it ninety percent. A Quiet Place Two, I would go seventy five percent. The Green Knight, I'd probably go seventy percent. And moving on to the next film on this list, we got Old. I'm not gonna lie. Was not a big fan of this film, and it's 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 really disappointing because this is an M Night uh, Shyamalan film, and I was, you know, with with anybody that's familiar with with uh, with M Night, his his films are kind of like hit and miss. I feel like he has a pattern with his films. I feel like one movie will be a hit, but then the next one might be a flop, right? So I feel like now he's, in my opinion, he's he's probably had more hits than failures. But the failures, sorry, I feel like failure is kind of a little bit disrespectful. Maybe not as successful as his better films, uh, to you know, to say the least. But he does have a lot of films that he's made that I am huge fans of. Uh, the Village being one of them. A lot of people don't like the ending, um, and I I do kind of agree. I feel like they probably could have uh, played the ending out. A little bit better, but overall, I thought the film was was great. I it scared the living fuck out of me when I was a kid. That movie literally used to give me fucking nightmares. If anybody's seen that movie with the fucking creatures and the in the, in the red hoods and stuff like that, that movie used to freak the shit out of me. Um, so the village, uh, obviously Unbreakable. That's a classic. Uh, Split hit. Um, now Glass came out a couple years ago. That movie had so much potential. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't as bad as like the Avatar, uh, the Avatar movie that he made, which was just an abomination, uh, in my opinion. Uh, wasn't as bad as that, but still very disappointing, uh, especially with the cast and crew. Um, it's got the actress from uh, God. I always forget her name. Uh, she's from that show on Netflix. Uh, that sort of ties into One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, if anybody knows that show, just uh, let, let me know. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, 
uh, it's got that actress. Um, and obviously, it's got, you know, Samuel Jackson. It's got... Um, uh, who else is in that? I'm drawing a blank right now, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it's got Samuel Jackson. Uh, and then it's it's got uh, the other guy from Unbreakable. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting his names. Or maybe it's just because I'm doing the podcast right now. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting blanks. Anyways, I know I know who they are. They're just their names are kind of foggy to me right now. But besides the point, it was a good. It, sorry, it wasn't a good film. It was it was kind of bad, very disappointing. But anyways, so looking forward to this film. I thought it looked good. I thought the trailers did a pretty good job. I think that the concept was was very like they left it um, hard to understand. But I like that. I like when. When trailers don't give you the fucking answers, right? The worst thing a trailer can do, which we've seen a lot, uh, prime example, Amazing Spider-Man 2, is when they literally show the whole film. Like, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie at that point. Um, so, that uh, had a really good trailer. Uh, had a lot of mystery and questions that kind of, like, show these people on, these I- on this island are getting, like, really old really quick. Like, how is this happening? Um, so, it was very... The idea of the movie... It was very intriguing. Um, but then I saw the movie. The movie started out okay. I thought it was interesting. I thought, okay, you know, everybody on the island has sort of like something wrong with them. There's like one guy, he, uh, like everybody's struggling with something in their life. Um, one guy has some sort of like, uh, blood, uh, uh, de- like iron deficiency and his like nose bleeds a lot. One guy is like a, a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, and one lady, uh, the one character in the movie has cancer. Uh, and then her husband and her, they kind of have this little crisis between them. Cause like the husband knows that she's cheating. Sorry, I'm getting a spoilers here. Uh, so every, every character had sort of like their own story. So as an audience member, you kind of bought into what was happening, right? Like a lot of films, they don't, the character development kind of lacks. And if you don't develop the characters, like how am I going to care what happens to them? Right? So they did a good job with character development in my, in my opinion, but then the movie just sort of like took a down slope in my opinion. And I don't think a second viewing is really going to change that for me. I think my mind is pretty set, uh, on, on, on that movie, on that film with old, uh, the ending, the ending had a twist, yeah, but you know, like a lot of M Night films, there's always kind of like a little twist. Uh, and actually, I'll say this: M Night likes to make little cameos in his films. I'd say he's in this movie probably the most he's ever been. Now, I'm not saying he's a main character; he isn't. But compared to his other films, he's in this movie quite a bit. Uh, so, I thought that was interesting. Overall, hmm. I'd probably go 45% on, uh, on old, um, next we got Godzilla versus King Kong. Now I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I'm a huge Kaiju film fan. I love Pacific Rim, Rim, excuse me. Uh, I have yet to see Pacific Rim uprising. I think it's called, I'm not going to lie. It just doesn't look, uh, very appealing to me. Um, once I heard that it didn't have the actor from Sons of Anarchy, I really like him. Uh, I scared forget Charlie Hunnam that's his name once it didn't have Charlie Hunnam uh, and I heard that like Scott Eastwood was one of the leads I was like yeah I'm okay <laughs> I'm gonna have to sit this one out so I've yet to see uh, the second Pacific Rim but uh, I'm a huge monster film fan 
specifically Godzilla. Been watching Godzilla like I, that was like one of the one of my favorite characters to watch as a kid was Godzilla. Me and my dad used to watch the old uh, uh, Japanese films um, as a kid, and we both were just big fans. And I actually really did enjoy uh, the first Godzilla that came out. Now, my biggest complaint about that was just the lack of Godzilla. However, you could also play devil's advocate and say, well, the lack of Godzilla made Godzilla on screen more appealing because he was on the screen, not like, not just like they were just throwing out, you know, Godzilla in every second, right? So when he was on screen, it was more meaningful. Whereas King of the Monsters, the sequel to, to the first Godzilla film that came out in 2019 or 2018, um, now they just... It was a different director. I think Gareth Edwards directed the first one. And then with the second one, they had tons of Godzilla, right? Uh, and and I, I did enjoy this, this second one. Not as strong as the first film. And obviously, the second film had the classic monsters. It had Mothra. It had Rodan. It had King Ghidorah. So I thought that was obviously great for the fans. Myself, I think I'm a pretty hardcore fan of Godzilla. Like I said, I've been watching him uh, for you know my, all my childhood, so that was great to see Toho given the rights to you know Legendary and Warner Brothers. That was great to see. Still, didn't think it was as good as the first. So fast forward, everybody knew from the moment. Well, not everybody knew, but everybody was asking from the moment that they were bringing Godzilla back to begin with, right? In in in, in the in the film and uh, back in 2014, everybody was asking. For Godzilla vs. King Kong. And when that first Godzilla movie came out, they didn't have uh, a new uh, King Kong yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last King Kong film that came out, I think it was like the, the one with Jack Black in like 2005 or whatever, which I actually love. I think that was the first ever film I saw um, in theaters, funny enough. Uh, and I love that film with him, Adrian Brody, uh, Nicole Kidman. That was fantastic. Uh, so they hadn't actually made a new King Kong like they were doing with Godzilla, but nonetheless, people still wanted, you know, they were like, if you're gonna fucking make a new Godzilla, reboot King Kong, right? And they did, and that movie was okay. Skull Island, um, kind, of, kind of a letdown a little bit, but it was still entertaining. Uh, but once everybody saw that film, then the, then the anticipation just came up even more, and then obviously the post credit scene uh, tease, you know, him and Godzilla eventually meeting up. So then from there, it was just the writing was on the wall. It was only a matter of time. And here we are. We got it. Uh, now, I unfortunately didn't get to see it in theaters uh, because here in Ontario, Canada, theaters have been shut down for like in the past, like, God, since like Tenet came out, to be honest. Um, I can't even remember. That was like, I was like, literally theaters have been shut down here in, in Ontario, Canada for like a whole year. Uh, California and all other parts of the United States, Florida, obviously. They've been open for a while, so unfortunately, my only option to see uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong was at home um, on a like a 40-inch TV. Uh, sorry about that. Just drinking some water here. Um, but I still loved it. Uh, if you see with a movie like Godzilla vs. King Kong, you can't go in expecting like an Oscar per performance film. Uh, this is a fucking kaiju film at the end of the day, right? The main characters are not going to be the draw. If the main characters are the draw for you, then you're not going to enjoy these films, right? Because the, the, what you're going to see is in the title. You're going to see Godzilla. So if you're going into a film like this, 
uh, and you're just expecting like Oscar worthy performances, like you're expecting to, to watch fucking Joker or something of that like caliber, you will be sadly mistaken. But if you're like me, you go into this film understanding this is just a popcorn film. This is just a grab a fuckload of snacks, a fuckload of goodies, sit back and enjoy yourself and just stuff your face with fucking popcorn and you're going to enjoy this movie. And it's a CGI fest. It looks great. I loved it. This is definitely my favorite uh, MonsterVerse, if you want to call that, out of the out of the three now. Uh, four. Yeah, four if you want to include this film. Out of the four MonsterVerse films, this is my favorite uh, right now. So moving on to Black Widow. Um, Black Widow. I thought Black Widow was decent. I thought it was okay. I didn't ex- like. I was I was excited for. I'm always excited for a, a new Marvel property, a new Marvel film, and I'm really excited to see Shang Chi, which I'll get into. Um, so Black Widow, I was I was a fan of. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I still want to see it again. I feel like I might enjoy it a little bit more if I see it on that second viewing. But I thought it was okay. Now, obviously, okay. So for Black Widow, I'm gonna get into spoilers. I'm just I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna. Warn everybody that's listening, if you haven't seen Black Widow, I'm going to get into spoilers. Um, so with Black Widow, the main, the trending complaint about this film is the villain of the film. And I share that, uh, I share that concern and that complaint. Uh, and, and the villain of this film was Taskmaster. And that, Taskmaster wasn't the problem, right? It was, but it was who was behind Taskmaster. When I heard Task. Master was going to be the uh, the villain of this film. Even back when they were shooting, when I saw the set films of, of him and uh, on like the the tank and stuff like that, I was just I was fucking excited, right? Because I'm a huge fan of, of Taskmaster. And before they revealed who Taskmaster was, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the film. I thought the fight scenes were great. I thought they were choreographed very well. I liked how we kind of mimicked. Uh, Natasha, Natasha Roman on Black Widow. I thought th- I thought he mimicked uh, her 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 fighting strategies very well. I thought that was very clever and unique. Um, and he pulled out the bow like Hawkeye, and then he got the he got the claws like fucking Black Panther. That was awesome. So before the reveal, of who the character was, I was on board. I was enjoying the film. I love Florence Pugh as uh, I-, I loved her character, and I like how she's going to be the next Black Widow. It seems to uh, to look. Uh, Yana, Yana, Yana Belova is that is that her character's name in the film? I'm not, I I kind of forget to be honest with you, but I loved her character in the film, uh, and I'm excited for her future, uh, specifically in the Hawkeye show. Because if anybody that's seen the film, you know at the end, uh, the character, uh, the the woman from um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, she makes an appearance in this in sort of just kind of painting a bad picture about Clint Barton Hawkeye. She's like, oh. You want to know how your sister died, which is Black Widow? She's like, you know, this is the man who did it. And obviously, that's not true. Anybody that's <clears throat> seen Avengers Endgame knows that uh, Natasha sacrificed herself for the Soul Stone, right? And she was literally battling with uh, Clint over who's going to fucking off themselves for the stone. So obviously, Clint did not kill Natasha. But this woman is trying to start shit. So she's convincing uh, Florence B's character that... Uh, that Clint Barton is behind the murder, murder, I say that in air quotes, of Natasha Romanov, but I'd say the first act was 
the first half an hour of the film I thought was great. I loved uh, David Harbour's character, Red Guardian. It, they could literally make. They should honestly make a uh, a Disney Plus show about him. I don't know if I'd if I'd be down for a whole like feature film about his character, but I mean, I'm sure it is possible. I'm sure there's you know interesting stuff they could do with him. But they should they should continue his character in some capacity, and I'm I'm sure they probably will. Uh, but essentially, the the person behind. Taskmaster was the daughter of the main antagonist. And the main antagonist is the guy who runs what's called the Red Room program, which is which is uh it's it's sort of like this like assassin agency where Natasha Romanoff came from. So he's sort of like the leader of that uh and his daughter is the character who uh was Taskmaster. So that was very disappointing. Um overall though, if I had to give the film a rating, Let's go with, I'm going to go with the seven, 70%. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was like B-level Marvel. Not, not, not in that A tier, but I'd say in that like, I'd say probably in that like Ant-Man, Ant-Man tier. I, I'd, I'd give it that. So 70%. I think that's fitting. Uh, next is Justice League Snyder Cut. Now this film... Had a lot of build-up. This film has a ton of history, right? As soon as the Joss Whedon version of, of Justice League came out, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I thought it was just... I thought it was extremely disappointing because as much as a Marvel fan I am, I'm also a huge fan of DC. In fact, I'd say I like Marvel as like a... Uh, as collective... As like a collective unit. I like Marvel more than DC. But my favorite superhero... just If I just had to pick one superhero... My favorite superhero is Batman. Uh, so I am also a DC fan. Uh, but with that being said, you know, this movie, once again, kind of like old. Or sorry, uh, kind of like... Uh, kind of like... Which film here was I talking about? Yeah, I guess kind of kind of like old, to be honest. Uh, this film was just very disappointing. The Joss Whedon version. Now, fast forward to the... Um, the Snyder Cut version, which is uh, uh, Zack Snyder was originally supposed to be the director of the first film, but unfortunately he had a family tragedy. I think his son or, or daughter uh, tragically uh, committed suicide. So obviously, like you, you got to step away. Obviously, everybody knows that. So he stepped away, and Joss Whedon took uh, took control of the film. And anybody that knows Joss Whedon, he is a good he, he's a good director. He directed Avengers one classic. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which I'd say out of the, the four Avengers films, probably my least favorite. However, it's it, it's grown on me over these past couple of years. I think it's aging. It, it, it's aging pretty well. But nonetheless, he has history making superhero films. But Marvel is a totally different animal than DC. Different tone, obviously different characters. So DC is always kind of like that. Not, not more grounded, obviously, because they got tons of you know alien cosmic characters as well but dc kind of has more of like a darker tone darker filter uh so it was sort of like a different different take like i feel like he came in with with justice league and tried to make it almost like a marvel film like a lot of a lot of puns a lot of jokes 
but like it's okay to have jokes but like you know not like it it's hard to explain like a movie it's it's good to have comedy but if you're making a joke every second it's going to sort of desensitize the audience as to like what's what's funny and what isn't right because everything is supposed to be funny in this film and that was sort of like a letdown like in moments of this film where it was supposed to be more like grounded and, and, and darker and grittier like flash pops you know some joke or or, or whatever um and it was it, it was very disappointing to uh, to say the least um and oh damn wait, look at that sorry there's something going on outside of my house here um but anyways so back to this uh so moving on to Zack Snyder's Justice League. The original was supposed to come out. However, the film was never fully done. They did shoot scenes under Zack Snyder's direction. But the movie obviously didn't get finished. It didn't even probably didn't even make it to post-production, to be honest. So AT&T had to swing Warner Brothers like 80 mil or something to essentially shoot new scenes for, to, to finish the rest of the film. Um, and I thought it was great. I sat, I ate every minute of that like three and a half hour or whatever runtime that that was. I thought, I think the biggest improvement was Cyborg's character development. And there wasn't as much Batman scenes, but I thought the scenes that existed in the original that were then, you know, translated to the Zack Snyder uh, version, I thought the Zack Snyder Batman scenes were way better. Way, way, way better. Especially his interactions with uh, with Alfred. Um, I thought that was just a lot better. So overall... I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it, and I would have to give it a eighty percent. I think that's uh, I think that's what I would give it. So uh, I'm gonna be right back here. We're gonna continue in a second. I'm just gonna go get some more water, and we are back. Uh, I do apologize about that little break right there, um, but let's continue. So, like I was saying, uh, with Justice League Snyder cut, I like I said, I, I'd probably give it. I'd probably give it an 80%. Um, so now I know we've been going on here for a little bit, so I'm just going to give a quick summary of where we're at so far. So Suicide Squad, 90%. A Quiet Place 2, 75%. The Green Knight, 70%. Um, sorry, uh, my cat's in here. Um, uh, the Green Knight, 70%. Old, 40%. Godzilla's King Kong, I'd probably go with... What did I say again? I think no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty percent on uh, Godzilla vs King Kong, um, Black Widow. Uh, we're gonna go with seventy percent, and the Justice League Snyder cut. We're gonna go eighty percent. Now the next film we're gonna be discussing here is Malcolm and Marie. Now this movie I don't think was received very well. Personally though, I I, I loved it. I, I I'm I'm a huge suck for for romantic movies. Uh, personally, I love uh, The Notebook, and and uh, I love I, I want to see those films with Ethan Hawke. It's like that trilogy. Uh, I want to see those as well with him and that woman or something like that. My my friend uh, told me about them. Uh, something like Midnight or in Paris. Or, I don't know. I could be wrong. Probably yeah. Uh, but anyways, Malcolm and Marie. This film was entirely in black and white, and for a lot of people, that's like a big deal. Uh, black and white films. Me personally, it. If the movie's good, the movie's good, right? Like, making it black and white, if anything, could actually make it better. Uh, it's part of the reason, you know, not to get off topic here, but that's part of the reason why I really enjoy Mank, 
with uh, with Gary Oldman. Uh, obviously, it's a very old film, and uh, in black and white, I feel like fit this setting. So, however, Malcolm and Marie is sort of like a modern day take on a filmmaker, uh, and he. Uh, the whole film is is him and his girlfriend Zendaya's character. They're coming back from uh, a premiere of a, of this film that he just made, and it's it's, very, it's being received very well. It's very successful, um, and he's just celebrating. But the entire film, there's this underlying issue between him and his girlfriend, and and a lot of it has to do with the film. Um, and I'm not gonna get into spoilers because, like I said, it is it is. Pretty, uh, pretty recent film for the most part. It's come out this year, but it's it's a great film. So many different like emotions. Like they're they argue a lot, a lot, and a lot of people have like on social media have kind of been going back and forth of like picking whose side uh, there you're on. But there's a lot of arguing, mostly arguing. Uh, but then there's also a lot of you know love and and and, and I think John David Washington, his character and Zendaya, I think. I think they had great on on screen chemistry, which I think is very important to making a good film. I thought their chemistry was great, uh, and I thought they played it out very well together. So overall, it's it's a film. It's very simple. It's black and white, and it literally takes place in one setting in this like uh, nice home that they're in. I think that's that they're that they're in from like from the production company of the film that John David Washington's character uh, was 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 made. Uh, was making rather uh, so they're in this they're in this you know really nice house and it's just them two the entire film like they don't make they make references to things that, that have happened outside of the house but it doesn't like cut to that you know to that area I don't know if that was to save money on the budget or whatever but it was a great film I, I personally I fucking loved it uh, and it's got the director from the Euphoria uh, HBO series which I actually recently started and I think that is a very, very good movie. And I think it's very, uh, I think it, it paints a very true picture of how a lot of, you know, young people like us, uh, not me specifically, but how a lot of the young, younger people are and, and how they treat each other in, in high school and stuff like that. And also the problems with drug abuse and, and, and mental illnesses and things of that nature. Uh, so I thought it was great. Um, I'm personally, it's going to be the highest rated film here thus far on my list and i'm going to give it a 95 percent. i fucking love this movie so moving on we're almost at the le- the end of this list here of the movies i've seen in 2021 thus far we got the conjuring the devil made me do it i really really enjoyed this movie i thought it was really really good uh i'd say probably take second place out of the trilogy of the conjuring films number one the first film is is i feel like that's that film in my opinion is never going to be dethroned in, in that first place spot out of the trilogy. But this film was good. It was really, really good. I and I love the second one too, don't get me wrong. Uh with you know with with the introduction to, to Valak the nun. Her although that movie wasn't wasn't very good in my opinion. I I actually thought it was terrible. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh so this film, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It, to give a little brief breakdown of what this film was about, it's based off a real case. They use different names for the characters out of respect for uh, for the people that were actually involved. Um, and it was it's based off a true case of a, uh, young, a young guy and he kills his landlord. Uh, and they, them as the defendants, they are trying to attribute that to demonic possession. 
um, and the people representing them. Uh, obviously, like it, Ed, 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 and Warren, Ed Warren, is that it? Ed and Warren Lorraine. I think I'm, I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, they are sort of guiding them through this whole process. They're not like they're not their lawyers, but uh, they sort of help swing the opinion of the court. Uh, and I'm obviously not going to tell you, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers as to what happens in the film. But if you really want to spoil yourself, the case is online so you can find out what happened. But the film was good. I think it was a really good take. It was a lot different than most demonic possession horror films. A character gets possessed, some crazy fucking shit happens, and that's really it, right? Now, without giving spoilers, he was possessed the main character when he murdered uh, the his his uh, his landlord but it wasn't a traditional possession there was a character like an actual human being that was behind his possession it's all based off a true story so it was a really good twist from your average normal like insidious kind of you know style film uh, so i really did enjoy it and i would probably get give this film an i go 80% I go 80%. All right. Uh, and the last film on this list, I just saw this film uh, two days ago. Candyman. Candyman was interesting because I was very excited for this film. Like, it looked good, obviously, but I think the biggest drawing factor to me was the fact that Jordan Peele was producing this film. Uh, and... Obviously, if he was directing, maybe the film would have been a little bit better. But the fact that he was just involved in some capacity was enough for me. Because any horror fans that are out there, I'm sure, are probably familiar with Jordan Peele. He directed Us, which I loved. And he directed Get Out. Uh, Get Out is probably my favorite uh, work of his thus far. So once I heard he was producing this film, I was on board. I was really excited. And I was really looking forward to it. Um, and this film, it was good. It was good. I, I, I'd say the third act was honestly was probably the weakest part of this film. Uh, I thought the ending, I thought the ending was okay, but essentially to give a little context of you know in, in summary to make a long story short, this movie is about. It's hard to talk about this one as well without getting into spoilers here. Um, this film is about a painter a guy who's a, he's, he's trying to become a successful painter and i think it's i think they're in new york or something like that and he hears about a old he, he's kind of lost right he's kind of down in the dumps nobody's really you know buying his paintings and stuff like that and he's not really getting accepted by ga like art galleries and stuff like that so he's looking for inspiration he's looking for something new to make in terms of paintings and stuff like that and he comes across this legend of you know, le legend, I say that in air quotes, he comes across this legend, the story, however you want to call it, of this person, this figure named Candyman, and he instantly just obsesses over this, uh, this, you know, this legend, right, this, this idea of this, this character named Candyman, and it consumes him, and obsesses him, and he goes crazy, and, and some crazy fucking shit happens that I, without getting into spoilers, I can't really talk about, uh, so, but like I said, I think the third act was 
very weak in my opinion compared to the first and second act. I, th- I think the best part of this film was the second act. I, I'd say, which which I think is good because the second act is is always like the bulk of the film, right? Um, so the climax, in my opinion, was was kind of underwhelming. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy it, uh, and I'd probably give it a. I give it a 60%. I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. Maybe a second viewing might help, but I think my mind's pretty set with uh, with Candyman. I'd probably give it a 60%. Uh, and by the way, I don't, aside from like the Suicide Squad, I don't know the Rotten Tomatoes scores of these films. So my take could be, or my like percentage could be, you know, on par or it could be way fucking off. Uh, so I'm not quite sure with that. All right, we've talked about the 10 films that I've seen that have come out this year. Now we're gonna rank these films. Now I don't, like I do have, I, I'm always gonna have like notes in front of me whenever I do a podcast, not a script. I just wanna be clear, it's not a script whatsoever. It's just like an outline. So that way I know what topics I'm gonna talk about just to stay kind of organized um, and, and, and structured, right? But it's not a script. But on my uh, list here, I didn't, I intentionally didn't already make a list in my head because I want to do it on the spot right here on the podcast. So just off the cuff, I'm going to tell you my ranking. We're going to go first place to 10th place because I named 10 films here. All right. Looking at this list, looking at the films I just talked about here for the first 45 minutes uh, of the podcast here. All right. We're going to start. From the bottom, we're going to go to the top. We're going to go 10th place. 10th place, I think, is pretty clear. I think it's going to be old. It's, it's going to be old. Now, this list is going to be tough. Because aside from old, I enjoyed all these films in, 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 in some capacity. I enjoyed all of them. So, it's, it's going to be tough to do a, a first to 10th place here. But that's what we're going to do. So, 10th place, old, pretty easy. Didn't really enjoy the film. Uh, ninth. Let's go ninth place here. I'm gonna go Candyman. Candyman at ninth. Uh, let's see here. Going up to eighth place. Hmm. Eighth place. Now, okay. First of all, before we get in here, this list that I'm making is just the films, my first to tenth place of films that I just enjoyed. I'm not saying like which film was better than other. Like I said, at the end of the day, this is all subjective, right? Like. You may completely disagree. You may fucking hate my take. So be it. Whatever. I'm standing by my take. So just want to preface that. Um, so, all right. So 10th, we got old. 9th, we got uh, we got Candyman. Let's go to 8 here. 8, I would probably do... See, it's already getting tough here. 8, I would probably do The Conjuring. Now I mean I may make this list and I may go back to this podcast and I may like change my mind. I'm like, oh fuck, I should have put uh, Conjuring higher. So, but for now we're gonna put the Conjuring at eight, seven. I think I'm gonna go with. Mm, that's getting tough here. Okay, sorry, we're gonna flip this. Godzilla versus. No, no, no. We're gonna go. Yeah, we're gonna go. The Conjuring at eight, seven is gonna be. Black Widow, six is gonna be Godzilla vs King Kong. 
excuse me. Six is going to be Godzilla vs. King Kong. Five is going to be... Alright, top five here. This is going to be tough. So five is going to be probably... Justice League. No, we're going to go Green Knight. Green Knight is going to be five. Uh, four is going to be... Hmm. Four is gonna be. This is tough. Four is gonna be the Green Knight. Four is gonna be the Green Knight. Uh, three. Three is gonna be. Hmm. Three is gonna be a Quiet Place. Quiet Place two. Second is gonna be the Suicide Squad, and number one for me. As the film that I personally enjoy the most, I'm going to go Malcolm and Marie is probably, yes, Malcolm, so far this year, now I feel like my opinion probably will change because there's a lot of great films that are still left to uh, to come out this year that I'm going to get into, but number one so far out of the movies I've seen in 2021, Malcolm and Marie is my number one. Uh, so that's it for our first section here of the, the 2021 films that I have uh, seen uh, thus far this year of that have released this year. So now we're going to get into the films, not, not just 2021. We're going to get into the films that, that I saw that inspired me to pursue a career in film, uh, that like films that I watched that I was just like, Holy fuck. I'm in love. Like, I, I'm just, I'm obsessed, right? And, and I've, if you watch the introduction episode, which I suggest you do, it gives a nice breakdown of what to expect from the podcast and so on, like I mentioned in the beginning here. But if you watch the introduction, I do mention how I want to pursue film. That's my that's my goal. That's my dream. But I, I've always wanted to pursue film. That's what I said in the episode. But these three films that I watched really just like catapulted my love and interest to actually pursue film as a career. So there's three of these on this list, and we are going to talk about the first one being The Lighthouse. Uh, the Lighthouse. God, what can I say about this film? Fantastic. All these films on this list, I'd probably give like a 99, 100%, to be honest. I, I love them. The Lighthouse. We got Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Robert Pattinson right now is probably my favorite actor in Hollywood, personally for me. I, I just think he's... He, he's been killing it. If anybody's been paying attention to Robert Pattinson's career, like if, if you're a casual and you have only just seen him in Twilight, you're probably going to be like, oh, this, the fucking Twilight guy, he's, he's fucking terrible. He's corny, cringy, whatever. Watch his films. Watch The Lighthouse. Watch, uh, uh, what's he's, he's got a lot of really, really good indie films. A lot of A24 films. Um, uh, The Barbarians one. Um, with, uh, with Charlie Hunnam, he's got that woman, he's like in space or whatever like that. Uh, he, I watched this other one recently of him. I, 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 my bad. I apologize. I'm drawing a lot of blanks, uh, on, on a lot of these actors and stuff like that. I, I I'm not sure why I'm just, you know, a little, little bit foggy today, but I'm, I'm, I promise that will not happen in the future, but, uh, just watch his independent his, his indie films you're gonna be blown away I, I i truly do think that you'll be blown away and obviously he's been getting a lot of attention now because he's gonna be the next fucking batman which i am extremely excited for and uh 
in further episodes when I talk about 2022 films, that is my most, uh, that's one of my most anticipated films of 2022 is, uh, is him as Batman. But The Lighthouse, The Lighthouse is about these two guys, these two lighthouse keepers, Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, and uh, they are uh, working together on The Lighthouse. I think the idea of the film is, now there's a lot of messages, there's, a, there's sort of like some Greek mythology kind of sprinkled in this film here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but the, the idea of the film is, is these two lighthouse keepers, and uh, they're coming, they're coming to this lighthouse. It's only supposed to be for like several weeks or something like that, or like five weeks, I think specifically. But Robert Pattinson, I'm gonna, and I, for this film, I'm gonna go into spoilers here. Robert Pattinson is like fucking around with this seagull, right? Like it's pissing him off. He he's like trying to like hit it, and because it's it's bothering him when he's doing his day to day duties of like you know yard cleaning and stuff like that. So it's bothering him and Willem Dafoe warns him, uh, Willem Dafoe's character, he, he tells him, he's like, don't mess with the seagull. He's like, you're going to, you're going to fuck shit up. Like you're going to, and obviously Robert Pattinson just thinks that's like an old tale and he doesn't believe in it. So he literally kills a fucking seagull, basses the shit out of it after he's like carrying a wheelbarrow and the seagull is just like, just won't fuck off. It won't leave him alone. He literally beats the shit out of it. And once he does that, uh, it just fucks everything up. The weather gets insane and th- then the water, cause they're on like an island where the lighthouse is. Uh, the, the island that they're at is they can't leave because you know, boats can't get to them because the water's too treacherous. So they're forced to stay on the island. Um, and because of that, there's only so much you could do on this island. So they lose their fucking minds and they go crazy. And, uh, in the end of the film, Robert Pattinson's character, he basically fucking kills Willem Dafoe. Uh, and it just, the movie just, it is insane. And, and I loved it. I love, I love how it's black and white. I love the sort of aspect ratio on it. Um, and it just really inspired me to just pursue film specifically acting. Uh, so the lighthouse, great movie. I, I honestly, anybody listen to this, go watch it. Just go watch it. It's fantastic. The next film on this list here is blade runner 2049. Once again, I love this film. This film was fucking incredible. The director, Denis Villeneuve, you know you're watching a Denis Villeneuve film. The scope and the visuals of his films, now obviously like he's the director, he's not in charge of the visuals, but like there seems to be a certain trend that's set in a certain, certain standard, sorry, uh, that's set when you're watching a Denis Villeneuve film. Uh, Like they're just beautiful looking films and not to mention the acting. Um, Actually, I just realized I got two Denis Villeneuve films on this list. I got Blade Runner 2049 and the the next film, which I'll talk about after this. But this film is great. I love Ryan Gosling's character. Uh, And I I think he, he just is very like stoic in in a way because he's, he's like, he's a robot. He's, they call them replicants in the film. Uh, And I just love this film. I love the way it looks. I love the acting from all the characters, and I, I just think it would be insane. It would just be it would be incredible. It would be incredible to be a part of something like like a, like a film like this, uh, you know, and just 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 to do this as a fucking job like that that'd be insane. Like, and that's one of the things about film. Like, I'm so passionate about it that like I'm not in it for a monetary gain, right? Like, I just want to just pursue. If I don't give a shit about money, like a lot of people will get into. Excuse me. A lot of people will get into certain careers and they're like, I want to do this to make a million dollars and so on and so forth. I'm just passionate about film and these movies are part of the reason why. Uh, so Blade Runner 2049, 
Great film. Uh, I have not actually seen the original uh, to it. Um, I didn't even watch the original. I still have yet to see the original with... uh, With... uh, I'm forgetting his name again. The old guy from fucking Indiana Jones. I... I, I know their names. I'm just... I'm blanking out right now. Um, but I have not seen the original that came out in the 80s. Uh, however, I thought this movie was great. Um, essentially, to give a little idea of what the movie's about... Uh, essentially, the world is run by uh, robots and, and, and android human beings. But they're called replicants, right? And the humans that are left are trying to essentially take sorry sorry the world is the world is run by replicants right but the previous models the previous models models of the robots from the original films they're trying to clean house on those guys they're trying in the, in the humans the, the humans that are left are trying to find the old replicants the new ones are they're fine like they're they're sticking around and they're run by the antagonist of the film which is uh, uh wallace which is Jared Leto's character, but they're trying to get rid of the old ones. They just want the new ones, right? So, uh, a cop in the film who is a a, a new and a, he's who's an up, updated replicant. His job and his task is to, at first, I won't get into too much of the uh, spoilers, but his job at first is to essentially just take out any old uh, replicants and find them. And along the way, he kind of finds finds out there's sort of some you know weird things going on with himself, and uh, and he sort of. Um, has to sort of deal with that um, along the way. So Blade Runner 2049, fantastic film, uh, great film. Now I mentioned I got two films on this list that are Denis Villeneuve directed films. Now the first of which was Blade Runner 2049. And the next one here, which is the third film on my list of films that inspired me to pursue a career, uh, film as a career path was Prisoners. Uh, this movie was incredible. Um, out of the three films on this list, I'd probably say that if I had to do like one, two, three, like first place, second place, third place, first place would probably be The Lighthouse, second would be Prisoners, uh, third would be Blade Runner 2049, but they're all great. Uh, but with Prisoners, this is another Denis Villeneuve film, completely different from Blade Runner 2049. It's about a uh, character, uh, Hugh Jackman is the main character of the film, and his daughter, and the daughter of one of his uh, friends, one of his neighbors, they are both kidnapped by who you, by somebody you think did the crime, but you find out that there's, there's a, there's a big twist in the film. There's a lot of twists and turns and you find out that it actually wasn't the character that you thought it was all along. I'm not going to spoil who it was, but the cast is great. You got Hugh Jackman. Uh, you got Paul Dano. Uh, film, film was just fucking amazing. Um, and it's, it's a crime, you know, detective movie. It's super fucked up. It's got polka dot man from, uh, from, uh, what's his, what, what's the film called that I was just talking about suicide squad. Uh, and it's just, it's a fantastic film. If you're really into like crime and, 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 and movies, films like that, this is, this is going to be right up your alley. So, so those are the three films that inspire me to pursue film as a career. So. Moving on here, we got the films that I'm excited to see for 2021. So the films that have yet to come out or uh, films that, yeah, these films, let me see these films here. Yeah, none of these films have come out yet. Uh, I had Candyman on my list here, but I just saw that, so we'll scratch that out. So all these films haven't come out. They've yet to come out, and I'm super uh, excited. Um, 
and I'm going to talk about these films here. Starting from the top of my list, we got Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, I'm super fucking excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. Literally, I think the trailer just dropped. A lot of people have been really excited for it and really anticipating it. Uh, and it looks great. Um, obviously, if you've been keeping up with this film, you've probably heard the leaks and rumors of Alfred Molina, which is Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, will be reprising his role into this film. That is true. He's in the trailer. Uh, Electro, Jamie Foxx's character from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is the Andrew Garfield uh, interpretation of the character, that villain is also going to be in the film. And then we also have confirmation Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is going to be in the film. And then if you look carefully in the trailer, I think you can see the lizard character from uh, the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film. I think he's in there. And I also think Sandman is in there. And honestly, other villains could be in there that we just don't know about. So that is very exciting. Literally, it's just going to be an all-out just fan film, which is... I, I'm not complaining. I'm excited. And also... The biggest rumor of all is we are going to see Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man uh, in this film. Now, I do think Andrew, uh, sorry, I do think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is going to be in this film, but with Andrew Garfield, I don't think so. Now, obviously, a lot of his villains from his films have, you know, are, are going to be in this. But I just don't think so. He literally said in an interview, and a lot of times actors will be coy and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm not in this film and they're in the film. But if you watch the interview that I'm about to talk about, he literally says like, I haven't gotten a call. I mean, then again, they are actors. This is what they're paid to do for a living. So maybe he literally could have just been acting uh, and just said, you know, no, I'm not in it, but he could be in it. But I genuinely think he was being honest uh, in, 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 and, and truthful when he said, I'm not in this film. So I don't think he's in the film. Uh, I also think he just hated how he was sort of, how his arc as Spider-Man was ended. So I don't think he really wants to come back with Sony and run it back. So, but overall, Spider-Man No Way Home, super excited. Obviously, Candyman crossed it off my list. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi I'm seeing next week seeing with my dad uh so i'm really excited for that um honestly though with shang chi now i've heard it's really really good uh i've heard it's once again it's got like a 90 percent, so i'm really excited but the trailers never really like it, it, they got me excited but not as much as like some of these other films i'm going to talk about here but it, it, it definitely got me excited but the trailers kind of made it just seem like your normal like not your normal marvel property but it just look it, it just looks like a marvel film at the end of the day um, but I am excited for it. And obviously abomination is in it. And for anybody that's seen, uh, the first incredible Hulk with Edward Norton abomination was the, the, the main antagonist of that film. So it's nice to see his return. Uh, so he's going to be in it. And I think abomination is also going to be in the she Hulk series, if I'm not mistaken on Disney plus. So that's, that's, uh, that's good to hear. Um, so we got that. Then we got Dune. Once again, you're starting to notice the trend. I'm a huge Denis Villeneuve fan. And Denis uh, is directing the next Dune film. Now, I'm not very familiar with the uh, with the story of Dune. I know it's based off a book. And I know they tried to make the film in like the 80s or something like that. But apparently just flopped. But just if you just watch the trailer and you're like me and you really don't know much of the, uh, the, the story behind Dune... 
you'll be excited for this film just off of the simple fact of the fucking visuals and the loaded cast. You got Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, uh, you got Jason Momoa, you got Josh Brolin, um, you got the the actor from uh, No Country for Old Men, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, and and yeah, the, the cast is incredible. It looks it looks great, uh, and I'm just really excited. Um, for that film, it just looks fucking beautiful. Uh, it'll probably get some Oscar buzz for you know for just the you know the visuals alone and the uh, and the effects and stuff like that. So that I'm very excited about. Uh, then we got the French Dispatch. Huge fan of Wes Anderson. I I like his films. Whenever I watch his films, I kind of just like feel like exhausted after, but not in like a bad way. Uh, just because his films sort of like Denis Villeneuve. You could tell it's a Wes Anderson directed film. Like a, a lot of like, like when you when a lot of his shots, like the uh, things are very lined up in the middle, and it's sort of got this like very, very unique sort of like dialogue between characters. So I'm a huge film uh, a fan. Sorry of uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm a huge fan of uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, and the one one of his first films with Owen Wilson. Uh, Adrian Brody and I forget the other the other actor's name, but I'm really excited for the French Dispatch. Uh, once again, loaded cast. You got uh, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Bill Murray, uh, Willem Dafoe, Benicio del Toro. The, the the cast is just off the charts. It just looks it looks fucking incredible. Um, so I'm really excited for the French Dispatch. It's actually funny. This film is like just getting into theaters, uh, and we're already hearing reports that. Wes Anderson's working on his next film with a lot of the same cast members that are in this film, so that's kind of funny. Uh, so, French Dispatch, very excited about. Uh, then we got Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Now, uh, I'm a little worried about this film. Uh, I'm a little worried, I'm not going to lie, because telling by the trailers, now, don't get me wrong, There's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of good films that had terrible trailers. The marketing was just fucking terrible. But the movie was great, right? And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters if the film is good. Uh, but there's also been films that have been terrible that have had pretty good trailers. And Old, the film I was just talking about earlier, I think that's a pretty good example of that. That film was pretty bad and the trailers uh, kind of painted a different picture. But telling by the trailers of Venom, the movie seems like it's going to take a lot of the jokes and a lot of the humor in the first film and just turn it up to, 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 to 20 and it worked in the first film, but I feel like with the Carnage character, anybody that's familiar with that character, that is an extreme character. That is a, that's a character that just it just he's I mean Cletus Cassidy, the the who is Carnage, he's literally just a fucking murderer. So I feel like with that coupled with the um, with a lot of the jokes and, and a lot of the humor that and the lightheartedness that this film, from my impression at least, seems to be, uh, you know, uh, having. I'm a little bit worried about it, but I am still very, very excited for it, just for the simple fact that, like, I love the first film, and it's got Carnage. I'm super excited to see their uh, their take on Carnage. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, the next film on this list here is The Many Saints of Newark. Now, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, quick five-minute uh, water break, and we're going to discuss The Many Saints of Newark and the rest of the films uh, on this uh, slate here. 
Alrighty, so continuing on here with the list, we got The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, this film, I'm very excited for. Now, I understand that it's sort of like a prequel to the uh, to that TV show. Um, what is it called? The uh, Sopranos. I know it's sort of like a prequel to The Sopranos, and I'm pretty sure the main character of The Sopranos, Tony, if I'm not uh, mistaken... Uh, I think, like, his son in real life is, like, playing him. And I saw, like, a, a comparison of them side to side, and I was fucking blown away. Uh, maybe some, I don't know, some special effects had something to do with that. But, I mean, it's it's the guy's fucking son. I expect him to look like him. But, my God, he literally is, is like, a full-on double of him almost. Uh, so, I think it's, like, a younger version of, it's supposed to be Tony's character. And then I think... Uh, and I'm just a huge fan of, of mob films. And I think this is in like mafia films and things of that nature, like Goodfellow kind of films. So I think this looks, I think this looks great. Um, and this is just another film that, you know, that's coming out this year that I'm really excited for. Uh, so, excuse me. Sorry. Um, the next and the last film on the 2021 films that I am excited to see is Eternals. Uh, Eternals. Wow, I I'm gonna call it right now. I think Eternals is gonna be the next Guardians of the Galaxy. What do I mean by that? All right, what I mean by that is not in terms of the content of like I don't think it's gonna be similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. But the, what I mean by the next Guardians of the Galaxy is Guardians of the Galaxy was a, was a, was a title and a property that not many people were very familiar with, myself included. Uh, and it was very new and it was very different. And I feel like only the hardcore comic book fans were really familiar with uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy. And the MCU at that point hadn't gone very cosmic yet. So that was sort of a segue and an introduction to that sort of part of the MCU. Which is now, in my opinion, like the most interesting part. Uh, but it was very new, very unfamiliar with viewers. And it was kind of risky because, you know, I'm sure, you know, Marvel didn't really, you know, how audience was interpreted it. But it was new and it was it, it was it was loved by the community for the most part. Obviously, every, there's always going to be some outliers and some people that aren't you know fans, and that's fine. Everybody's you know subjected to their own opinion. But for the most part, the majority of people really enjoyed and loved the Guardians of the Galaxy, and a lot of people really enjoyed the sequel as well. I personally didn't think it was as it was as good as the first, but I still really enjoyed it, and I feel like that is going to be the case with Eternals. And I think Eternals, to be honest, might even be better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's a, it's a title, it's 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 a it's a property that nobody, including myself, I know nothing about the Eternals. Like obviously by the trailers, I know what the movie's going to be about, but in terms of their comic book origins, I really don't know much of them. The only thing I know is I know they're kind of like the birth, they're like spawns of like the Celestials, which we've which we've sort of seen a little bit uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I know they have something to do with the Celestials. They're sort of like extensions of them, I think. I could be wrong. Uh, for those of you out there who know a lot about the uh, comic book material of these characters, feel free to correct me. Um, but I think, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, when they first, you know, when that film first was made, like this film here with Eternals, nobody really knows anything about the Eternals. Nobody is really familiar with the Eternals. But I think the film has a lot of potential in telling by the trailer. I. I think the cast looks great. I'm a huge Richard Madden, fa or, yeah, Richard Madden fan. I love him in Bodyguard. Uh, you got uh, Salma Hayek. Uh, I love her in Savages. Um, you got a lot of great, a lot of great cast. You got K Kamel. Uh, I always fuck up his name. K Kamel 
No, okay, I'm not even going to attempt his last name because I know I'm going to say it incorrectly. Uh, but it's got that actor Camille from... Uh, what are some of his films? Um, he's got that film with... Uh, Damn it! I'm not too familiar with his with his material. I, I know a couple films that he's been in, but obviously the most you know notable thing about him that people have been talking about recently is his his, his body transformation. Um, he the the dude's just fucking jacked. Uh, probably did that for this film, but he's a really good actor. I think the cast is great, and I think the movie. And like I said, I'm like I said earlier with talking about the MCU. To me, I think the cosmic films. Are the most appealing to me personally the the most the most sci-fi films if you will and this film looks like it's going to be right up that alley so i'm really excited for it i think it has a lot of potential and like i was saying i think not a lot of people know it and i think it's going to be received very well it could be wrong it could be wrong it could be eating my words you know a couple months from now i think the movie comes out in november um so I could be really wrong about that, but I personally think that the film looks incredible. Uh, from a visual standpoint, it's got the reigning director, uh, Oscar-winning director, uh, Chloe Zhao from uh, uh, Nomadland, which was a great film. Uh, so it's got her behind the camera directing, so that's always a good sign to have the literally the director that most recently just won uh, uh, Best Director. And, and obviously, look, every time a new film comes out, everybody involved is, you know, they're, they're, they're going to say what you expect them to say. They're going to say, oh, I think this film's going to be great. I think audiences are going to love it, so on and so forth. But the way Marvel has talked about this film, I think Kevin Feige, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think he did say something along the lines of, like, this film could be in Best Picture contention or, or, or Oscar contention or, or something of that realm. Uh I didn't, he could have been joking, but I mean, I think those are pretty big things to just throw out there. Uh, and I don't think he would have been joking about something like that. I think he's genuinely confident in this film that he believes that it could compete in without award. And, you know, Kevin Feige is, he's a genius when it comes to Marvel. So I trust him if he says that. So just by that alone, uh, the cast, the director, uh, everybody else involved, and obviously Marvel, Kevin Feige, I think we're in store for a great Marvel film. Uh, all right, so we're just about to wrap up here. Um, what I'm going to do is we're going to revisit all these films once I've seen them. And I'm well aware that there are a lot of movies that are also coming out this year that I didn't have on this list uh, that I didn't talk about. These are just the films that I haven't seen that I personally am excited for that have yet to come out, but that will come out uh, the later this year. So I understand I missed some films, but these are just my personal films that I'm really excited for. Um, but once I do watch all these films, we are going to revisit uh, my ranking that I made earlier, and we are going to do sort of like a like an end of the year uh, uh, ranking, if you will. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna update that list, and we're gonna add all these films in here, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, okay, so I think that's going to be it for today. Uh, this is a lot, a lot longer of an episode, but if you are going to continue listening to this, to the Unbashful podcast, this is probably going to be around the time that you can expect for each episode. Some episodes will be longer, uh, but I think this is for the most part, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I guess I'll have to wait and see, but I think this is probably going to be the ideal, uh, uh runtime for the, you know, 
for for the immediate future at least. Uh, once I have a guest on, I think the time will definitely go longer. But for the time being, I think this is what you can probably expect in terms of runtime for each episode. Obviously, episode one or episode zero, I guess you can call it the introduction, was only thirty, you know, just under forty minutes, just because I just wanted to. You know, just give a little introduction to who I, you know, who I am, what this podcast is about, my goals, and so on. But in terms of normal episodes, this is what you can probably expect in terms of uh, runtime here. Uh, all right, um, thank you all for listening, and I am uh, really excited. Just like I said, this is where I'm still very, very new in this space. I'm still learning. I'm still, still growing in in, in in podcasting. So I'm always looking for feedback. And if you guys have any questions and you guys have any, uh, you know, comments and whatever, you guys just want to chat, uh, about the podcast and things of that nature, uh, you can find me my personal Instagram. Uh, well, first, first, uh, you can contact the, uh, podcast uh, account. Uh, the, the username is unbashful pod, all lowercase. You can find that on all social media platforms. You can find that on Instagram. Uh, you can find that on Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and so on. So that is going to be the podcast uh, social media username for all the uh, for all the platforms there. Uh, but you could also reach out to my personal uh, Instagram account, my personal social media. That's going to be Nicholas Doucette. And like I said, if you guys got any concerns, any questions about the podcast, or you guys have any you know any feedback or whatever, I'm always welcoming all of that, and I love to hear from you guys, your thoughts and everything. So those are the platforms you could reach out to me at. Uh, but I think we are done here today with episode one. Uh, and this is all about the 2021 films that I've seen and I'm excited for. Uh, and moving forward, I didn't uh, discuss this in the introduction here, but I think this is probably a good time. Uh, what we will be doing for the podcast here is we're going to aim, we're going to aim for every Sunday. Every Sunday is going to be the, the target uh, upload date. Obviously, life could get in the way sometimes, you know. Uh, barring, you know, like emergencies and things like that. Uh, if, if those things don't happen, then Sunday is going to be the day that we upload every single week uh, to the Unbashful podcast. So uh, the introduction is going to be an exception just because I wanted to get that out. Uh, just, you know, get that out there. Just a nice quick listen. Uh, and I just wanted to get that out there, you know, right away. Not right away. I didn't want to rush it, obviously. But I wanted to just get that first episode out. So the introduction is an exception. I'm aware that came out, I think, Tuesday. Um, but moving forward, we're going to go, uh, we're going to aim for Sunday every week. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. And thank you very much uh, for watching as well, if you're going to be watching this. And I will see you on episode two.